challenge here. Jimmy, why don't you give us your best uh, baritone? Good morning. This is Jimmy Ward. I'm broadcasting from Cassie, not Cassie Alaska. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And uh, Elizabeth, how about you? Hi, everyone. All right. And Loretta? Hello, I'm here. All right. And this is Jason Floyd with Ammo Can Coffee coming live to you from our uh, creaky studio on the Kenai Spur Highway in Soldotna, Alaska. And you are on with the conservative Hour of Power and Salon of Enlightenment. So, yeah. <laughs> So um, we're sitting on some pretty creaky deck chairs. I think this is going to maybe have to change. We'll see what uh, the sounds do in the in the room. So we are in the uh, we're in the the stage space of the Amalcan Coffee Social and Cultural Club. It's a private club for conservative-minded folks, and um, I'm joined today by Jimmy Ward and his lovely wife Elizabeth, and by Loretta Eaton. Um, these are a couple of my friends and um, comrades here in um, Soldatna land. And uh, we just want to welcome you to this uh, new podcast. This is the first in what will be a weekly series. Um, and we will be interviewing and talking to folks from our community. Uh, we have over a thousand members since January uh, in our newly redesigned. Uh, business model here um, and we'll be hearing from those folks in the weeks to come as well as uh, featured speakers and program directors uh, other conservative business owners and this is just going to be a forum for community conversation so let me ask a question yes sir at some point if um, you, you've been using that word conservative a couple times if someone wanted to come in because they may have a differing opinion opinion then you and I are the group that's here uh, would we welcome them in for a discussion? Uh, into the uh, into the hour of power, yes. Uh, they would be coming in uh, under the hour of power program. Um, but the this is actually a safe space for conservative thought. You know, it's it's ironic, but in the land of the free and the home of the brave, a lot of places we're not free to speak our mind, and uh, there's a lot of people who believe they have the right to cancel our voices. That's right. And so this is a cancel-free zone um, uh, for conservative speech. So I guess in a way we're canceling. Uh, liberal speech because we're tired of it. We're tired of people telling us that we can't uh, have a culture, we can't uh, speak our minds, and that we can't uh, learn from each other. So uh, this is a place for that. Jimmy, go ahead. Uh, well, I, as you were saying that, I was just curious. So we are at the Ammo Can, and I see a lot of chairs and seats. Uh, would we be even open to the potential for someone who may be in our area or visiting? Because this is a high-trafficked area for tourists. Would they be Come in and have a cup of coffee and oh yeah yeah and give feedback. So the way to become a member in Amocan is pretty painless. We have a mission statement um, which basically more or less says you know we exist to promote and celebrate conservative culture and the Judeo-Christian foundations of this great nation of ours, and to provide a comfortable, respectful, relaxing environment for building faith, family, friendships and knowledge and uh we began life as a coffee shop we are so much more than that now then we have three guiding principles we call our empire real acknowledgements empire real comes from the greek empyros 
which can be associated with holy fire. We take these concepts from uh, biblical ideas uh, as well as the U.S. Constitution. And the first one of those is that uh, the all liberty, freedom, and one's right to self-determination, all those flow from God and should not be infringed by man, shall not be infringed by man. Number two is that the highest form of love one can demonstrate is to sacrifice for the defenseless, the weak, or the vulnerable. And number three is that where one voice may be easily silenced, many voices raised in righteous solidarity must prevail. And so we just ask folks when they come in the shop, you know, um, we're looking for people who uh, can join us in, in spirit uh, and in truth, I guess, in um, upholding those ideals and uh, our mission. And if they don't have a problem with that, we have a membership book. And once you're signed in, the shop is yours to, to enjoy. So very painless. Elizabeth? Um, before we became on air this morning, we were talking about dictionary and how to change. So what is our definition of conservative? I was just going to say that because I, you said conservative, not Republican. And a lot of people hear conservative, but they think Republican. Right. No, they do. Right. And so conservative is actually a big, big, broad area. Right. It's, it's, it encompasses a lot more people than we would even acknowledge. So and there's a long history to the view of conservatism versus uh, a liberal. And yeah. it, to differentiate some of the words and, and meaning, um, and at some point, maybe after we kick this a little bit, just explain a little bit, or as we go through the program, of who we are, where we come from, just little microblasts of our history, so that, um, because part of the, of people who feel count, can't, canceled, uh, may be conservative, is oh. we, this, this forum or this place offers a point for connection. Uh, too, too often an outcome of the cancel culture is that people feel isolated, alone, voiceless. And this broadcast partly is premised on, even as you founded it on, we are children of the most high. He created us in his image as thinking people. We have the ability to, to ponder, to ruminate, to, to use critical thinking skills. Um, that's, that's an agricultural expression, ruminate. Ruminate. <laughs> It means to chew over, to think about. I like the word ponder also. It's a little John Wayne-ish. I like that. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about some things that may or may not be up your creek, but that's okay. Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's a great impression. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, he just great. walked in the door. Hey, John, how you doing? You got any more? I had George H.W. Oh, no. Bush, and I don't know if he was conservative since we were talking about conservatives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no new taxes. Well, you're not going to. No, that's a little bit of Ronald Reagan again. Uh -huh. I have to work on those. Okay. Right. So in that, we were asked the question uh, to maybe define some terms like conservatism. But just for a moment, Jason, who are you? I mean, what brings you to this point? Well, in the, uh, I guess, in the tradition of uh, the folks who uh, we would call first Alaskans, um, because it's important to acknowledge uh, that there were people here before the uh, Western expansion. Um, my parents are Wayne and Patty Floyd, and uh, they came to Alaska when I was in seventh grade. 
Uh, my dad was a teacher working in the state of Washington, and they paid their teachers literally peanuts. He would bring bags of peanuts <laughs> on, and we would stare around and look and say, gee, money would be nice. Uh, no, but seriously, he, uh, he, um, they, they had little buttons, actually, the union had that said, you know, we get paid peanuts. And um, at the time, I think Alaska was the second or third highest paid state uh, for teachers in, this, in, in the nation. We're now like 45th. So we've sort of dropped our standards. Um, but uh, so that's where I come from. I come from a farming family. Previous uh, to that, they were miners. Um, but I moved to Alaska back in um, the early 90s and attended school out in Nikiski here on the Kenai Peninsula and then uh, went off to college for a couple of years, uh, both here in the state and down in Oregon, met my wife and moved back here almost as quickly as possible by some indirect means. I've lived all over the state, but um, our newest iteration of, uh, I guess, commercial expression is Ammo Can Coffee. And we have a couple other businesses on the side, but prior to that, I worked for the state. I worked uh, for the university. I worked in behavioral health and uh, mental health, uh, doing prevention work with kids. I got training in chemical dependency counseling and um, so just well-rounded well experience. I, I was a deckhand on a long-line halibut boat. I was a, a drift netter. I was a set netter. I worked on the Alaska Railroad um, in college. Uh, so I got my hands dirty and developed carpal tunnel, which uh, <laughs> relegated me to a less intensive occupation like sitting and drinking coffee. Very so, cool. Anyway, that's uh, in a nutshell. That's who you are, and I'm Jimmy uh, Ward. I grew up in Oklahoma. I was born in California, um, but I only lived there six months. And uh, like a lot of people now, I had um, some parental involvement in it. So I did grow up. You mentioned agriculture. I did agricultural environment, and I can slip in the Oklahoma talk real quickly. Um, so I grew up in Oklahoma, and I don't. Yeah, I used to say that most people don't talk that way in Oklahoma. Um, and I think it was probably not until I left as I went off to college and in the Army um, that I got to hear different perspectives. So I grew up there, went to college then in, uh, you know, home and grad school in Texas for a while. Um, went into Army was in the army for 20 years. Travel around the world. Met my wife Elizabeth, who was the daughter. I let her her own life. We blessed me on the work this and bringing us to Alaska. We are created with.
create images in our mind and we form beliefs around the and I truly have a heart's desire for people to live freedom freedom physically freedom spiritually freedom inside themselves to walk rightly uh, in how they've been created to walk so that's a little bit right here and my name is Jimmy with a Y J-I-M-M-Y Elizabeth and um, yes I am I was born and into the army in my life. Um, 38th address, he was an army chaplain. So that had um, my own misery kind of evolved around his, revolved around his. And um, got four kids and past grandkids and our first great grandchild. Amen. So that's enough about me. <laughs> I'm Loretta. I was uh, born in the Pacific Northwest. I'm actually Canadian. Well, not anymore. Oh, good. Not anymore. Hey. <laughs> that, no, I don't, they don't, we don't say that. You, young no, it's a stereotype. We're going to talk about that, eh? Some hey. of them do. Some, hey. My brother-in-law does. But I've never said A in my whole life. I like their soda water and the Canadian dry stuff. <laughs> dry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, whatever. <laughs> you guys have weird ideas not, about what your impressions of Canadians. It's not actually made out of dried Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Okay, whatever. You know, but this actually it gets yeah, to the point of stereotypes. And that's a good point. It, it is a good point because one of the things that I've been able to, and it's only it's interesting when I started to tell people I was Canadian. Because it was just sort of accepted it was American, and even though we share that common, it's so our cultures are truly different, and that's what I find to this day. There's things I don't know because I was I came here when I was 38, and my experience of where to find certain things it was just it's you guys have alcohol in all your stores. We have the liquor control board. We have government liquor stores. So you go to the government liquor store, not the Safeway or the Costco. Now, it may have changed, but for years I didn't know where to buy anything. That post office, we used to have in our drug stores, you know, like CVS, a little corner post office. Mm -hmm. I never knew where to mail anything here. For years, I go, where, where, where do you get stamps? Huh. <laughs> you know, like, are they safely? How come you don't have like a post office in the corner of your drugstore? So many things. Right. And and I that's given me a wonderful perspective because it makes me realize that Americans think that they're well, I'm American now too, but Americans thought that the way they lived is the way the rest of the world lived. Absolutely. It's not. And it colors Absolutely. Americans' view of how other countries will react to them because they assume they will react in an American manner. And they don't. Right. Absolutely don't. Yeah, I just got to drive through Canada twice. Oh, well. Then. And they did not treat me in an American manner. Well, they're not. They're not Americans. They're, you yeah, know, and yeah. they're very, like, especially, I've been gone over 30 years now, so I've never gone back. I don't want to go back. But so, I, I'm sorry. I've lived all over the world. Mm. And it is a different culture, a different mind. 
went across the border and went to get something to eat at a drive-in fast food place. I would not understand. No, no, no. The Cajun. No. Um, it was. It was so. Oh no, no. It's just different. In the best, we went to a drive-through at a bank. Oh yeah. And the young gal who was in the window, which we could see, I mean, she was uh -huh. close. She had an iron, literally an iron, like you would iron a shirt or clothes, and she was ironing the the bills that came in, <laughs> and she had to put her on the the little holder while she took care of our transaction. And so I had to ask what she was doing. And because our dollar bills and whatnot are made with a kind of modicum of cloth, she yeah. was ironing them yeah, so they could in. be used and they wouldn't stick together as much. And there was a reason behind it, yeah. but it was, it was like, that's what you do after you launder money. It was one of the things I had never seen before. I was 38 and moved here and we don't have drive through banks in Canada. I only this last year, started to use a drive-through. I never, I, I, go, I, I can't deal with that little thing that comes down and I, my daughter had to coach me through. She said, Mom, you lift a little window, you take the little thing out, it's really scary. But we don't, you see that for you is like, I, I didn't even know what that was. Like, what is that? Why would you want to use it? Number one, why would you do that? So in some ways we see, the practical experiences that we've had from yeah. a variety of sources. So if we started off with the premise of our question was asked of defining conservatism. Uh -huh. And even as you were speaking, Loretta, the thing of the French queen at some point who said the people are hungry and she said, let them eat cake. That distancing that happens where we project upon others what we define as normalcy. Uh -huh. And conservatism, if one looks at it, historically of what a conservative is simply means to conserve. And part of the question would be to conserve what? And it would be an interesting discussion for me anyway. Others may find it quite historically distressing and then you can come see me as a counselor and I will help you work through that issue. Or Jason, have a cup of coffee and we'll, we'll explain. My counseling is a little cheaper than Jimmy's counseling. Mine costs about Five dollars and and sit in a nice chair. And sit in a nice chair in a nice environment. Yeah, and we do have couches like Jimmy. Um, although ours are not quite the choice, sort of. See, I see style. that as rationalization, <laughs> denial, and avoidance, and we can work through that. Okay. 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 All right. All so right. Make sure it's a iron belt, please. Yeah. Yes. But aren't we in a place right now where we're back to Marie Antoinette and let the meat cake? We and it just they're saying let them do different things. We have that almost in the vernacular of the words that yes. people choose to use. Yeah. Uh, and and the, I use the word so many times. I don't mean it's a pejorative. It's, uh, it's more of an explanation. People are here. Sure 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 sure. um, think about how we're, we're we have created a society. Joe, 
where we want to avoid offense at any cost. And the it's truth creates adverse feelings within us, which we will say is offense. Um, and, but what do we get offended by? We get, it, we get offended by truth or knowledge or rightness, and we live in a culture today that uh, feeds us uh, pablum, which is baby food. Um, it says what we want write to write that, Pab- that one. Pablum, P A B L U M, Pablum. See, we, we told you folks this was going to be an educational. Yeah. they thought it came from. No, that's what we get offended by. It would be nice if we got offended. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we find faith ways to separate ourselves as, a, as opposed to ways to connect. So even if we, we use the word conservative, so if I tell you I'm a conservative, then uh, in some ways in people's minds, teamify, we, we make teams. We call them different things, political parties, denominations, whatnot. We find ways to separate. So if I'm a Baptist and you're a Pentecostal or a Methodist or whatnot, we teams. If I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan and you're some other fan or sport, nobody's perfect. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go Cowboys. But that's what you and I were just talking about yes. earlier. Yes. This started was how they, you know, they they take one group and it's unified, and then they they. They divide it up. Well, they've got two groups now. And then they take those two groups and make them four. Divide and, and conquer. Divide and conquer. Exactly. You know, they've like, done a good job. We were talking about snow earlier, too, and we've all heard it. You know, one or two snowflakes, they don't do anything. They're really pretty. But you get a zillion of them, and they can stop a road. <laughs> yes, I, if I may tell a brief story that this reminds me of is, you know, um, our, our shop, we, we started out on the beach in a pop-up tent during for those of you that are not from Alaska, dip netting season is a, a special time of year, kind of like <laughs> Christmas. Santa dumped a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of salmon in the river, and the the state government says, you know, go forth and be prosperous and dip as many as you can legally with dip with a big five foot round net. Huge five foot round net, and so as we got our start, I found myself in a layoff status with the university and decided I wasn't going to go work for the man anymore. And we bought this little coffee cart and we each and had a pop up to a sportsman's warehouse, uh, kind of a sporting goods store like Bell was. And um, in that shop, uh, we became basically a drop. We, we looked like a bar. We had all our syrups on the counter and people would come in and ask for drinks and stuff. And like a bar, um, there's a little bit of counselor, counselors, bartenders, and cab drivers, you know, have, have these experiences. But, um, and hairdressers. And hairdressers. hairdressers. So, so I had this cardboard cutout of President Donald Trump, and uh, he was making his, you know, tiny thumbs up uh, uh, motion in, in, in the picture. And I put that outside of my shop because it really only had about 150 square feet of space for the shop. And then we had the hallway outside with a couple of chairs, actually the ones we're sitting in today. 
And um, so I had this, I had this there, and his hands were positioned just perfectly to put an empty bag of coffee. Mm. And so it looked like he was holding it. So I, you know, put some duct tape on the back of the coffee, put it in his hands, and I was like, hey, great. You know, cardboard Trump is selling my coffee for me. <laughs> you would not believe the vitriol that oh. poor piece of cardboard got from people who could not separate their feelings about the living president and an inanimate object in the hallway in a mall. Right. And uh, one day I saw a woman uh, actually quite a ways out. She was about 50 yards uh, down the hallway and she started screaming and she, she started walking faster and faster mm -hmm. and faster and she was making a beeline straight for that cardboard cutout. And I'd already had people like try to punch it and yell at it and throw it down. And she got about 10 feet away from this cardboard cutout. And I said, ma'am, 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 ma'am. And she stopped and looked at me and she said, what? And I said, uh, you do realize that that's just cardboard and it's also my personal property. And she, she, she sputtered, you know, well, that man, I just can't, you know, and she was so so verklempt and upset and and angry and and i said ma'am come over here let's let me talk to you for a second let me would you like a cup of coffee i'll get you a cup of coffee she so she came over and she ordered her cup of coffee and i gave her the cup of coffee and i said are you even remotely curious about why i would put such a controversial uh cutout in the hallway and she kind of paused a moment and i, I continued and i said you know we don't have a lot of control at the state or the national stage. There's, that's so far above us and beyond that, that we for an hour. We would and just had a conversation. We probably discovered that we really have a lot more in common than we do that divides us. That's right. But mm -hmm. that the national media and those in power want to keep us at each other's throats, want to keep us divided, and want to keep us suspicious and hateful of each other. And and I said, truth be told, whether you like the president or not, that image has more coffee than I can count. <laughs> I love it. That image has created more opportunities for conversation. I said, if that image was not there, would you have even noticed my shop? And and I was, at the time, our window dressing was a whole bunch of ammo cans and, and OD green canvas. We looked sort of like a supply shed off of a mash, you know, 4077 <laughs> yeah, set. Yeah, right. I remember. And, you know, it was a cute little shop, but, but really it was right next to Sportsman's and there was a lot of confusion. It's like, do you sell ammo? Do you sell booze? Do you sell, what do you sell, you know? And, and people, a lot of folks who were not conservative or, or and we're using that term again, folks who were, were not into the shooting sports, let's say, um, who would have the remote, the most remote interest in ammunition, nor would they probably recognize what an ammo can is. <laughs> had no reason to stop there. And so they just blast on past me. But that Donald Trump sign stopped more people and created more conversation and sold more coffee. And I told her this and I said, I said, so that's why I do it. You would have never taken the time of day to talk to me, most likely, and you would have never seen my shop. And here we are talking, and look, you have a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, good she coffee. paid for the coffee. Oh. After the conversation, yeah. this this one was 
having a mental yeah. collapse yeah. Mm -hmm. because of an image that that had been so vilified and so brainwashed. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. and and I don't even I don't know if it's just brainwashing or it's just it's just um, you know it reminds me of it reminds me of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Jimmy will can probably give us a really good clinical definition of what it, what domestic violence lesion. Mm -hmm. It involves um, uh, coercion. It involves uh, a Um, belittling, um, and and that uh, really it creates a desperate situation where the victim cannot be released. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like they can ever leave that situation, and it's a, mm -hmm. like a codependent state where they feel that if they leave their abuser, they won't survive. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people have described domestic violence as progress mm. that it just hasn't arrived at its ultimate conclusion yet and and I think that's a strong analogy what's happening today yeah. that we are experiencing a murder in progress yeah. it hasn't arrived at conclusion but we as victims all of us regardless of political background are asking about for this podcast is to promote, promote people and programs and that active efforts to to break out of that cycle of that cycle of abuse, that cycle of of helplessness. So I'm a little longer story, but um, but really it goes back to you know what the media wants us to do and what we actually do. It's kind of like how do you catch a duck. Tell yeah. us how you catch, <laughs> a, duck. How you catch a duck. How do you okay. catch a duck? Okay. This is a good one. So, um, so you see the ducks, they're all in a river and they're just kind of, you know, just doing their thing, having a good time. So you go up river with a pumpkin and you put the pumpkin in the river and you watch it flow down and the ducks see this pumpkin and bobbing along and they scatter. I mean, they end, you release another pumpkin. And this time they just go to the bank and they come back in the water after the pumpkin's long gone, you put another pumpkin in. and this time they just kind of swim away from it. Another pumpkin goes down and now they're kind of being a little tentative and they're pecking at it. Is this where the pumpkin explodes? No. 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 <laughs> no. Then you take no, no, no. Awesome. Then you take a pumpkin and you pop of the water and you get down there where the ducks are and they're starting pecking at you and then you grab their feet and pull them under. Yeah. That's One how you catch time. a duck. Isolated. But wow. you see, we've done that in our country. I mean, okay, I may just be really crossing some, some lines here. But you remember way on back um, when churches started to open on Sundays? And I remember as a little girl, churches around us, they were all doing all these petitions because they didn't want church, uh, stores to be stores. open. Stores. 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 stores on, on Sunday. Okay. Yes. Right, yes. right, right, right. Sorry. Blue laws. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, and then and that and still then, exists in some places. Right. Stores are right. closed. Stores right. are closed. Right. Then after a while, even those same members of those churches started shopping on yeah. Sunday. Um, witchcraft and things like that. It was really taboo. I mean, you just didn't do anything. When Bewitched, Black and White, yeah. came out on TV. Yeah, Again, a lot of uproar about that. And now, I think one of the groups... Zombies, vampires. Yeah. Rats. They even send their send these clubs to um, witch school. As so Prager University had a good one. Ben Shapiro, and he gave a little, little five-minute talk. vegan the mother goes well am i going to cook too no they cook everything vegan and that's just a family of like four and then you think about you go to somewhere where there's eight of you and again the woman says you know well, i'm not going to cook entire different meals so they cook vegan again well that's eight people or a majority of vegan or something and i'm not saying vegan's abnormal but that's how you get it these things become very, you know, commonplace and not out of the ordinary, whereas in the past, you know, there would have been enough stuff if a person cooks properly that both people could have eaten the same meal. Now catering to one, and you, you do that with every single issue. Opening on Sundays, we're, um, you know. Well, take it, take it a step further now. So we talk about normalizing. Now let's talk about loss, because, yeah. because what I'm most concerned about is loss of culture. Yeah. Right. Yep. So there's there's this idea for me, you know, a con conservatism is, is saving or conserving mm -hmm. the best of the best of our past, conserving the systems, the history, the things that work, the things that I uh, identify with, who make us who we are, um, and I'm reminded of. Uh, of and I heard once where a uh, pastor was talking about a situation where, um, you know, a, a daughter is cooking a uh, pan for, or maybe it was a roast. She's cooking a roast for uh, her first roast. She got married and she's very proud and she gets the roast and, and she immediately uh, cuts one side off and, and cuts the other side off and throws some trash. Mm -hmm. She puts them in her pan, puts it in the oven and, and cooks it. And her new husband said, said uh, not in my household. And she says, well, my mom always did it. And he's like, I, I don't understand. You just threw away me. And so she, she was worried. She didn't want to upset her new husband. So she called her mother. And she said, mom, I just made our first roast and I, you know, I did what you did, and uh, and her mother laughed and said, "Oh, I'm sorry, dear. Um, you know, the only reason that I ever cut the rose was because we didn't have a pan large enough that to fit in. You know, and I think the I think the way that it was told originally was it was like three generations. But the point is, is that is that you know, so let's we talk about conditioning people or normal something yeah but then the next step removing the context which the the original behavior was important yeah right and now 
there's no association between one generation to the next. And, yeah. and you know, there's a famous uh, character in history said he only needed one generation to change the world. Right. Yeah. No, it was a guy, and he had a stupid mustache. He did have a stupid mustache. He went from Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, um, that's my big concerns is that we we lose context right and 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 the other side of the equation the we'll just call them the not conservatives they they hard put to or 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 determine to and we've heard this several times in the last two years and with covid and you know that that now this is i think it was the prime minister of canada well, it's not so great, uh, and it is a reset, but it is the transmogrification the changing. <laughs> there, I like, the, I like the second word. Well, see, I understand transmogrification, because that's in Calvin and Hobbes. And <laughs> I read that religiously when I was a younger man. And, and I, yeah. truth be told, that's where I got the word, because I thought it is. Yeah. This, it is this uh, premise that says we need to change in order for fairness, it looks like fairness, Horrifying. as opposed to equality. And what's the difference between equality and equity? And one states that we are all equal to accomplish uh, according to our abilities, that the pathway is. We all have equal for, opportunity. We all have equal opportunity. Equity is, says we should have equal outcomes. outcomes. So no matter how hard you work, if someone doesn't want to work, they shouldn't have to work. Um, and therefore, you need to give up some of your largesse. One your, of the Marx brothers came up with that. Wrong Marks. But you know, you, as, as people were listening to this uh, broadcast, what they may discover is that they find themselves having an emotional reaction, much like the Trump image that I think I see back there in the corner. Yeah, he now has even a as we speak. His head, so. um, oh. That's a story for later. <laughs> people may find they're having an emotional reaction. Elizabeth mentioned witchcraft and bewitched, and it may be a favorite episode ever. And they find themselves needing to defend something. Uh, Harry Potter was a popular. Uh, or books years ago and um, there were people who, who were spiritually walking they um, called them skin believing folks and, and not in a judgment in a head and ask basically what are we putting into this vessel of mm -hmm. us and if we're you know person rightly you get to choose because you are free mm -hmm. but when the outcome is um, produces things that draw us from a foundation, which is now still back to the essence of conservatism. And incorrectly today, people are saying, if you call yourself conservative, then you're racist. Yeah. Um, because there was a point where it was said that conservatism wants to conserve things like putting people down, racism, misogynism, not liking women, things that separate which is obscuring and obfuscating, is that the word? Obfuscating. It's, it's making cloudy the real issue of truth of 
as as you said and pointed out rightly, if we would sit down and talk in a room, we would find there's more that brings us together than more that divides. It's because any right thinking person um, realizes that skin color or even cultural understanding uh, or are not the major elements uh, of life that one should use to divide their very superficial. Um, people have the ability to choose as their understanding uh, exists. So if a person's listening to this broadcast and you find yourself getting stirred up uh, and wanting to defend a particular position, that's a noteworthy thing. And that's part of, I think, what, what we want to do. Not to stir people up to emotions, but people up to think right and we haven't which would be an, uh, a positive use of the word agitation yes to agitate the waters mm. to sure you know stir up the waters well have you ever um, you're a coffee maker you ever found that some people like to add sugar to their coffee oh yeah. okay. uh actually in reality most people like to add coffee to their sugar. There's <laughs> an agitation that needs to the, the sweetening agent is added, and there's an agitation that's what we call stirring. Stir. And we, See, I knew yeah. the reason yeah. you would be co hosting yeah. <laughs> Because it causes uh, a joining, a blending, and an emulsification of chemistry to take the essence of one and combine it with the two. You don't have to do this as a youngster. But there's would. less joy. There's less. <laughs> Sometimes people add sugar, and they add quite a bit, and people say, it's okay because I'm not stirring the gamble on them, and they find is less. It left is the stir. But we've talked about how we're touching on truth today. <laughs> you know, there it is. So there don't send your ten year old to Jimmy's house. Coffee is what you're learning. And, and a puppy. <laughs> oh no. Son, when he was two, loved coffee. Oh gosh. <laughs> we went my mother, who I had, we hadn't seen in a while because she lived in Pennsylvania, currently in Georgia. It was so cute. And she was there waiting for a big hug, and he went, he said, coffee. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and there you go. A lot of milk went yeah, in that coffee. She was wondering what you were teaching in Europe. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting for people to, if we're going to uh, how we think and what do we think. Why believe we believe? Why do we think? We know what we know, but we haven't asked ourselves questions. Is it our core or is it super? Who drinks coffee? Who does? 14, you root for where do you go to church? Do you get up early or late? A bazillion unending list of gotta do's or rules that are imposed upon us. Conservatism as a, as a whole, uh, both historically and what ought to be is the ability to pause and be with another who has a different opinion 
and speak about it with some kind of intelligent knowledge of the the topic and to think it through and when we are told what to believe we follow a system uh, that we don't truly own and we're more susceptible to the variance that may be around us because it's emotionalized or because it's feel good or it's popular at the moment. Had when I was Pet younger. rocks. Pet rocks are awesome. And, <laughs> and a beanie babies. And a, and a beanie babies. Beanie babies. Well, my wife Cabbage has a beanie baby story. Couch patch dolls. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 lots of <laughs> and some people lump other institutions in that, like marriage. They say, well, marriage is a fad or it was cultural cultural instead of actually looking that in the beginning God made man and woman and a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This this idea that God conceptualized his own creation and had a purpose for that which he created to live up to the highest ideals of simple things like kindness. Mm. Do we practice kindness and patience mm-hmm. and um uh, Otherness, where we seek to my serve wife is continually telling me I need to do these things. So <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> these these things sound simple, but they're not easy. Right. Simple doesn't mean easy because there's a depth to our core when we don't feel kind, and it comes out in our words, in our tone, how we think and ponder. If you get yourself thinking negatively about yourself, what's the reason? Or you can ask why. Kids do. Um, why? Why am I thinking that? Why do I feel emotionally dysregulated? And I, I've used this example of of words that we use. I, I do work at the prison. Have been one week or more. And the time of day I went to was person manned. It was not, there was no human being in it. So I went through the feed and I went to my destination, no problem. So I went through it going a couple of hours earlier and I didn't notice that there was an officer in the guard uh, institution to detect me. And, and I, I truly see that old very slowly on through and over because I'm a little bit older I try <laughs> and I got to a particular curve and it was a 90 curve and the stopped about 50 60 feet in front of me and what I call and I'm using on purpose he gave me this pink eye mm-hmm. which indicates 60 feet away where he thought something untoward toward me so I as normal as I could, very innocent, and he put his window down, which is useless, still sixty or seventy feet away. So I put my window down. He did roll up, and he said nothing, giving sink, and I he said, well, I guess you can. You just blew from the inside. And we had a conversation. What happened to be like this? We did the front gate. I don't blow through. I don't 
Well, I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm new, because I was relevant to our discussion because if we use the words like conservative or liberal or progressive or even when you use the word card games where people use that word and immediately i think of donald yeah. <laughs> i'm just going to i don't know exactly what that means and player but it is if, if one is listening to the broadcast and you find yourself having an emotional response to anything we're talking about, because today we're kind of doing a hodgepodge of topics, um, I don't know how you contact us and let us know or drop in the ammo can. Maybe we'll, we'll put a, a box up here. You can put your thoughts or questions. Join us next Saturday. Join us next that would Saturday. Be, wouldn't, yeah. that, wouldn't you rather have that? Yeah. You know, uh, Come so, on down. so the dining room is open. And now, see now, the remember, you, you do need to be a member. Mm -hmm. So that for the. How whole, much does it cost? The, to it is zero, zero dollars. Wow. Just it, it just takes zero, zero. Just a just a little bit of is common that sense. in Canadian money? Uh, who knows? <laughs> okay, yeah, we've been talking about conservatism, and this is a political philosophy, right from Wikipedia. 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 Conservatism is an aesthetic, cultural, social, and political philosophy which seeks to promote and to preserve traditional social institutions. The central tenets of conservatism may vary in relation to the traditional values or practices of the culture and civilization in which it appears. So to me, this is saying we can't have unity without having uniformity. We don't have to think exactly like because some people are from Louisiana. Yeah. Some people are from Alaska. Some people are from London. I know. Different traditions and well, different I, upbringings. When I think of conservatives in England, I was like, oh, those are my homeboys. I went to England. It was like, no. wow, I really don't know what I'm talking about. No, and it's you like know? conservatives in Canada. They're yeah. all. Most of the Canadian, at least in my opinion, coming to the U.S. now, they're all left of center. Conservatives, liberals, new NDP, and others like the Rose Party in Alberta and Quebec has well, own everybody's party. Left but they're all very in Canada. Yes, yeah, so. everybody is. Don't you know that everybody bleeds away? Everybody <laughs> thinks this, and, and the, the reality is, conservatism is the truth that says not everybody does, and that's okay. It also seems, seeks to identify what's important. Mm -hmm. Sure, we should love one another. And there are things that conservatism is not saying. We're not saying that um, that we all happen to be Caucasian, that Caucasian is um, the way to go. And we're not talking about white supremacy. And we're not talking about one group of people being, uh, I was being someone served. The media would say, everybody believes this way, left of center. And the reality is not everyone, and probably not even most people believe that. 
because we want to live in freedom. But uh, do you think it's because, you know, just in my own mind, I remember, you know, going back 10 years where people would say something offensive. This is well before Donald Trump. Right, exactly. They would say something offensive. I, I remember one thing distinctively. They said something very offensive to the Catholic Church. Now I'm Catholic, and I, I don't know everything about it, but I kind of know. And they were absolutely wrong. Right. Absolutely. It was like, and I remember just seeing you going, oh, no, it, it, you know, this, what they, this is, so if that's happened to me, and I have a big mouth, and <laughs> I, I don't mind saying stuff, but it was in a situation where I know, no, there's no way I can even correct the woman. Right. And, and if I correct it from even a kind perspective, she's just not going to believe me. You don't think that she would apply the same standard she wants you to apply to her, where your truth is your truth? No, my truth was because her, her truth fit the agenda of the day. Yeah. And I was and that's being...
Uh, President Biden recently said that we have to put our faith and trust in government to solve our problems. It's a quote. You can look it up. Um, President Trump said uh, fairly recently, we don't trust in government, we trust in God. So there's an ultimate objective place where we we look it's easy to bifurcate the two perspectives. Bifurcate? Yes. And then we're going to bifurcate. I'm breaking the dictionary next week. I was going to bifurcate for I love that word. I have knocks for English dictionary. I'm going to bring it. I'm a bifurcate. To separate one from another. Oh, God, to separate and bifurcate. So they're two sides. But in real terms, you know, it's really nice to talk about theoretical, but in real terms, for me, I had a visual, this real. That happened during COVID. I have a friend that's a recent, she, she's not from Alaska. She moved to Alaska, got sick, decided, you know, had to, for a job, had to quit her job. And she decided to stay in Alaska. Well, she is a retiree. So she was in the Nilchik senior housing. And then eventually she moved to Kenai. So she really doesn't have a family, a friend or a family base here. So the senior center was everything for her. Right. She'd only been here for a year, but she ate all her meals five days a week at the senior center. She lived in senior housing. Sure. And she did all her classes and everything there. Well, then COVID happened. And it, just before COVID happened, I went to start walking with her. And we'd walk twice a week at Walmart even in the winter. And then COVID happened. And uh, they shut the senior center down. Well, she doesn't really cook. She really was dependent on the senior center. And I, at the same time, I go visit daughter twice a year, and I was away that first two months after COVID. Well, I got back in June, and she had not been out of her home or seen anyone for almost two months. Oh, that's healthy. And I said, well, what do And this is what I thought. I thought you you guys do with this what you want. We zooed our elders. We zooed our elders, yeah. and, and they at the time would not even have contact. And our youngsters, yeah, who aren't going yeah. to school. And yeah, but they they said for the senior, she would have a cooler outside her door, and they'd put the food in the cooler, and then she'd bring it in, or they'd leave it, or they'd come all the gas and everything. And I thought, you know, this is what we've done. We've given up as churches, as community members. We had senior centers come along, which are blessings in ways, but we never saw down the road when you when you offshore all of that to a senior center, the feeding and the care and the, the related day, day does still not go to the senior center because she said the schedule is really strange and she just would rather have the food come to her house and they talk to her now but i thought it's her new normal but why are we doing this we've done this to, you know and i don't have any I, I know nothing about the school system but it sounds just the same but this is what you know in 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 them getting us to go along with all these things or to well, revise a new normal so, so when you when you say going along with all these things wow. that quickens in my mind really briefly a conversation I just had with my 22 year old son and um, you know he's he's very uh, as a senior we we took his twin sister 
um, is a gift of perspective. And so ever since then, both he and his sister have been very sensitive to the needs of others. And um, he's being called into ministry and serving, you know, at the college. And, and one of the things that he told me recently that kind of upset me was that uh, he was considering getting the COVID vaccine, which I don't call actually a vaccine. It's an experimental therapy. Yeah. Um, uh, Here is a young man who is extremely fit, extremely healthy, has none of the underlying conditions that uh, would put him in a risk category. That's comorbidity. Yeah, no comorbidity. Now that's a good yes, word. That's a, good, that's word. a good word. So, so um, and he's seriously considering putting what has amounted to poison for many into yes. his body. You know, uh, there have been many people, over 4,000 at the last uh, uh, CDC count, and, and there was a study, I think it was done by Harvard, that said that their reporting system, they feel, is only capturing about 10% of the data for negative reactions. So if, if there's 4,000, there's 40,000, potentially, people who have died or had adverse reactions that resulted in death um, from this thing. And so I'm about it and and he says you know well i'm going to be going to this camp this summer and uh we're gonna be working with kids and and they're really adamant through this ministry that he has to take the, the vaccine and i said i said do this for me so everything i'm hearing and reading and you know now there's they're like they're saying well we're starting to see heart inflammation in young yes. and they're yeah. saying An experimental drug. It's not fully studied. This is the largest study ever done. You know, <laughs> on an experimental drug. Just give it to everybody and say you have to take it. Um, I said, I said. A spiritual mentor of mine once said, "If all the world is running in one direction, run the other way." Right. <laughs> because something's wrong. Yeah. And I said, I would challenge you to contact the people in your ministry and ask them one simple question. If I suffer an adverse reaction, will you take the life of it? <laughs> and if you, know, you ask your insurance company, because here is what you'll get. You'll get every insurance company on the planet in New so if no insurance company and no organization will back this, they don't truly believe what they're selling. It's so much virtue signaling. And and there's smoke, there's usually fire. And I said, you know, he said, I'm I'm actually considering that dad. He said, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell them I'll wear all PPE that they can give me. I'll I'll wash my hands. I'll bathe three times without taking the vaccine. And I said, you tell them that they still have a vaccine. Run away. Yeah. Run away. And so, so you know, that's we're we're reaching the actually at the end of our time for the podcast. Trying to do each Saturday. Okay. We're just a couple minutes over now, but. Um, you know, be encouraged and be thoughtful and reflective and the words that people use and the words you use and their true meaning. Because we get into this habit of just speaking and not really 
considering the flippantly and then later go, that was the wrong word. But um, uh, this podcast is designed to equip and inform and encourage you. Um, and and maybe challenge you. And maybe challenge you. We're looking forward to bringing a lot of folks online <coughs> over the next couple of weeks. Uh, or the year I paid for a year subscription, so we're on for a year, Jimmy. Amen. All right, so every um, Saturday, every Saturday, uh, there may be there may be some where we have to pre-record because of scheduling, but uh, we're going to try and make this live every Saturday. And um, but I would be remiss if I did not talk about uh, and uh, or actually introduce and let Loretta about an exciting idea. And this is the um, salon for what? 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 what, what? I haven't decided yeah, because yeah, I, so. I think it needs to be community driven. But you know the history of the salons. Can you just give a synopsis of the Let them eat cake. And you know, time of the uh, leading up to the French Revolution, we had this age called the age. Of enlightenment, or um, um, you know, we use that word. The expansion of awareness, uh, yeah, beyond the scope of. It doesn't involve rubbing crystals, does it? No, no, no. no. Unless you're shining light through. So the age of enlightenment, uh, you know, co uh, coinciding with uh, tremendous social um, structures in France and across Europe. Aristocracy basically controlling every aspect of society, wanting to keep the dumb civilization yeah. dumb, mm -hmm. the dumb population dumb, because dumb people can't see themselves. Dumb right. people remain dependent. Well, they don't their, know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. They remain dependent on their overlords and their masters and their 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 leaders and their their um, clergy and, and whatnot. And so at this time. Uh, the age of enlightenment was emerging and, and and civilization was awakening to the fact that maybe this isn't such a good system. And so people started learning in cafes, learning in pubs, public houses, learning in salons. And not all the aristocracy were bad who would come along and say, you know, I'm going to fund this academy of learning and, and enlightenment. And a lot of the early sort of advances made towards equal rights for women are based in this age of enlightenment mm -hmm. and, and in the salon. And so Loretta approached uh, me back in January and said, you know, I'm, I've been reading about the French Revolution. I've been reading about salons, and I think this is what we need. And so we chewed on it for, what, three months oh, or yeah. so. This, and, um, and this is a good opportunity, especially since they are – no one is, is stopping uh, the, the, the banning of people. The, you know, Twitter is banning people. Facebook is sh shutting people down. I think we need, as conservatives, to find a way to get information out to each other. Or even yes. if, someone's, if, if someone's encountered a new idea, other than the contemporary social media. Because I, I don't see that changing. I don't see the government making an effort to, to, to open up the press. And the press has never been free. For, for quite a while. So there's no way that we as conservatives are going to be able to discuss things in an open manner in any of those forums. And uh, this actually came up on a blog that I read and I thought, hey, it's a good idea. There's already somebody starting to realize that this is something we are going to have to do ourselves. Right. We're not going to have to. It's really nice to be able to rely on Facebook and Twitter and 
get a feed of something, but no, I don't, I don't think those, I think those days are gone. So tell us about uh, your target, um, I guess, participant. In the, in the Anyone that's interested in just discussing what's going on in the world today, how can how can we back away from this? You know, um, so kind of like what we're doing here in, exactly in, in our roundtable. But I would like us to pick something um, yeah. to to pick an idea to pick something and do it. And we talked. So we talked about a BHAG before. Uh, a big, big hairy, hairy uh, audacious goal. You know, if, if we get <laughs> if we get a group of people that come together, yeah, big hairy audacious goal, yeah, go, big, go. Hairy, audacious goal. Oh. behag, yeah. behag. But yes. if we have people that come together and don't like the direction the school district is going, right. let's put new people on the school district. Let's right. find a way to do that. If they don't like, I heard somebody talk about the planning department and how they felt because you can start with small goals. I mean, you can actually. And, there's many, many articles that have come out that this is the way we're going to have to do it. We've got to start from the bottom up. Yeah, and all and, of the we's in wherever you might be. We're having to be in Soldotna, Alaska, yep. and this is where we are, the right. statement itself. Yes. Start with where you are, planning commissions and school boards. And, yep. and you know, this, Jimmy, this is a movement. This yeah, this I am hearing yes. this from all kinds of sources. Yeah, yeah. There is a there is a political, social, and cultural awakening happening across America. Yeah. And and they're realizing this idea, like the woman that was so mad at the Trump cutout when I explained to her, we don't really have a lot of control. I mean, what demonstrated that more than this past election cycle? Right? You know, or even this legislative cycle where we send a bunch of people to you know. And, uh, you know, several, three or four of them say, oh, yes, I'm conservative, I'm Republican, or whatever. I'm going to vote my in the line, and they get there and they do something completely different. You know, um, people are realize that they don't have any control over that. No. And the only place that we really get control is right at home, in yeah. our territory, mm -hmm. because we can walk right up to those bodies those assemblies or those planning councils or whatever, and we can be present, we can be in their faces and, and hold them to account for for the things that we elect them to do. Which and, is in the representative government system, the way it was designed or envisioned to workers uh, in Washington, D.C. or wherever the collective capital was, was to represent their area uh, for a time. Not And they were elected a, by their legislators originally. Uh, originally. Originally, they were elected by their legislators, which again was by the people. And it was never envisioned as a permanent occupation to be a politician. It was an, an obligation, a duty, uh, a civil uh, requirement as a servant to, as, as people in a local environment envisioned it. And it's time for us to take back some semblance of by our voice, by our actions. And this forum kind of uh, is just one aspect of the larger That's right. that happens. But so you, so you, know. you can engage mm -hmm. uh, with with the, the salon um, that uh, Loretta is going to be uh, organizing. She's looking for partnership. She's looking for uh, feedback. She's looking for the group to really define what it is they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, but that's going to start happening every Saturday directly after this show. So that's why we kind of have to keep it to an hour. This one's running a little bit long, but we don't have salon today. Um, but if you're interested in joining a, a conversation like this and be 
becoming part of the uh, a solution, uh, part of the change. Um, come check us out. Uh, we can connect you with Loretta, and uh, we'd love to have you in the studio audience here, mm. um, drinking a tasty beverage, of course, so it's, uh, that helps pay the bills. With um, sugar. <laughs> with sugar. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to uh, uh, announce uh, uh, today is that um, in addition to the salon, uh, there is a program called the uh, a group actually newly formed called the Kenai Peninsula Conservative Community Coalition, the KP Triple C. Wow. That is a long acronym. But anyway, um, this is made up of a board of folks who have uh, looking for members to join them. And what they're doing is they're actually becoming a watchdog organization. They're sending people to city council meetings, borough assembly meetings, school board meetings coming back, reporting to the group, and then talking about what they like and what they don't and how they believe change needs to occur. They are not affiliated with any. Uh, her name is Krista Schooley. Um, she has a very fascinating story. We will actually have her here on the show, and she can tell you more about that. But essentially, she's 47 years old, and her first time voting was in 2018. So she spent most of her life not engaging in the process. And she has a lot to say about that today. And it's uh, part of the, that's part of the, the motivation behind her. So the second and fourth week of, of the month, she and the board will be conducting what they're calling the School of Government. Um, this is based on a model uh, that is emerging in the Matsu Valley. And um, we encourage you to come to that. That's at 7 o'clock on Monday nights. The um, I believe it's Mondays. Or is it Friday? Is it Friday? Friday. Okay, we were talking about Mondays Friday. and Fridays. So Friday. we will go ahead and post that in the show notes and on our Facebook page. But uh, look forward to that. They already had one meeting. They had two Kenai Peninsula Borough School Board members here. Charlie Pierce, the borough mayor, was in the house in the audience. And uh, it was a really good conversation about the direction of our school board, how things get done or don't get done. And uh, we encourage your participation. And uh, finally, I wanted to let folks know that Kelly Shibaka, who is running for U.S. Senate, uh, trying to upset the incumbent Lisa Murkowski, um, is uh, she's campaigning hard across the state. She has branded herself a, a, um, a solid uh, conservative win uh, for the conservative team if she's elected. And she will be here on the 17th. So um, right around uh, 3 o'clock, 3.30. And we're still working with the campaign. Nailed down the times. But um, uh, it represents you. And if you're conservative and she.
experiences uh, people have had that are puzzling or troubling and the bottom line to what we're doing is um, we seek for people to have an outlet to participate right to connect uh, we're not seeking to exclude we're seeking to expand awareness and understanding if you will mm -hmm. uh, and it everyone and, has a voice and to give a way to empower to empower mm -hmm. to empower yeah yes mm -hmm. uh, in in the uh, in in the entrepreneurial spirit of the word empower uh, that, that usually has some kind of cash associated with it because that's how we keep the power on mm -hmm. right and um, I'd like to encourage you if you'd like to become a uh, patriot uh, patron of this uh, podcast well I was like an alliteration and a patriot patron of the podcast um, you know, uh, we will be looking at um, patron I'm told that they're deplatforming I'm not sure if that will ultimately be placed uh, where we'll be collecting donations but uh, we'll be nitrate on to this site for the short term until we find something better and um, you can always uh, support us with your donations there or if you are a business and you would like to become part of the conservative business owners alliance that's another uh, action uh, activity activistic uh, effort that we are I don't even think any of that was English nah. um, <laughs> but it's but, uh, yeah yeah it was it was a very uh, highbrow and elitist in its uh, presentation um, if you'd like to be a conservative business I uh, Alliance member uh, reach out to us uh, by in email Sarge at ammocancoffee.ninja or come into the shop and we'd love to talk to you more about what that looks like uh, you can can be advertised on this podcast and I'm going to be conservatives. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, thank you, Loretta and Elizabeth, for joining us. And Abigail over there on the couch, uh, I think she she laughed and chuckled a little bit. She, she didn't really leave the table today, but thank you, Abigail, for being uh, one of the folks in the gallery over there. And uh, we will sign off now and wish you uh, and see you back here next Saturday.